You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hello, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to another brand new episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for Star Wars Episodes 7, 8, 9, and future Star Wars TV series and video games and all kinds of exciting new projects. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. Doing good. And I imagine any fan of video games and Star Wars fans is doing really good this week, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, I'm ecstatic. Maybe not quite as ecstatic as I was on Monday, but uh, yeah, as you said, it's definitely been a good week. For any of you who haven't heard, I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, probably have by now, but huge reason to celebrate. We're finally getting a new Star Wars Battlefront. It just came out of uh, EA's press conference at E3 this past week. And I mean, they've been showing off, you know, a lot of pretty impressive looking games, but that was pretty much all I cared about this E3 was finding out what they were doing with Star Wars and just hoping and praying that we were going to get another Battlefront. And it is finally happening. And how nice is it to see something of Battlefront that's not leaked footage from these different developers of a canceled project? We've seen like tons of those videos, but now to finally get something official, it was just great to finally see it happen. Oh, I know, right? It almost said like it was going to be impossible to ever get a new Battlefront game, but now it's official. And they're not calling it Battlefront 3 or anything. It's just right now, just Star Wars Battlefront. I'm guessing they just kind of want to do, I guess, a whole fresh reboot, I guess, on it and just have a start from scratch, which is probably, I think, a good decision since it's been so long since Battlefront 2. By the time the new one comes out, I'm sure it'll be 10 years or maybe at the earliest nine in 2014. But yeah, I think it's definitely going to be worth the wait. I mean, we talked about it before when EA got the Star Wars license that DICE was one of the developers who's going to be working on a Star Wars project. And we all kind of figured they'd be the perfect ones to take on Battlefront. And that's the developer who's going to be working on it. it just, yeah, I can't wait for it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. And I mean, like you said, with the the fact that they're not actually calling it Battlefront 3, um, you know, it, it could be just called Star Wars Battlefront. They could be sort of rebooting the franchise or they could give it another title. I think that's just sort of a tentative title for now because it's obviously still in the early planning stages. I mean, it's only been like a month or two since EA got the rights to make Star Wars games. And so, um, you know, obviously they're not like probably really far into production with this and they don't know exactly, you know, when it's coming out or exactly everything that's going to be in the game or anything like that. But, um, you know, it's just, they're, they're making a new Star Wars Battlefront game. They're letting us know that now just to sort of, um, appease the fans, I guess, and let us know that they're doing something with this Star Wars license and uh, sort of being proactive with it, I guess you could say. And uh, I don't know, yeah, I'm just super excited to be getting any kind of new Battlefront. I don't care if they call it Battlefront 3 or 2.5 or <laughs> 6 or just call it Star Wars Battlefront. I don't care. But just as long as it's you know brings the same level of fun and action and all the sort of different aspects of the Star Wars universe that you got to experience in the first two Battlefront games. I'm just uh, so excited to be getting another one. It's been way too long. Oh, yeah. And I think they're still going to keep the Battlefront name just for that name recognition. I think it was a smart move on EA's part, too, to have that be the first thing that they show because I think they're pretty uh, aware that Star Wars fans are most clamoring for a new Battlefront game out of any franchises in the video games. Maybe Force Unleashed 3, but I think Battlefront is one that fans would want to play more and it would just great that they started off with that as being their first game that they announced. Yeah. Just talk about that trailer too, man. It was short, but geez, it got you really pumped up for the game. Even though it was like 20 seconds long, it was just like one of my favorite trailers from the whole E3 show. Oh man, it was great. But yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, um, it's a smart move for EA to make this one first because not only is it sort of one of the, or, you know, probably the most requested game by fans. I mean, you talked about The Force Unleashed 3. I've also heard a lot of people saying they want, 
either KOTOR 3 or a sequel to Republic Commando, and, you know, all that stuff would be cool, but I think part of the reason people are so desperate for a third Battlefront is not just that the first two were fun and we want to play it again, but also that they've sort of tried and failed so many times with Battlefront 3, um, you know, because obviously a lot of us have seen the leaked footage from the Free Radical version, which looked really cool, and... Um, you know, every E3 that goes by and we don't hear anything about Star Wars Battlefront, it's sort of like, and then it seems like the same year we'll get more leaked footage or something like that. And it sort of just is like twisting that knife in your heart even more, like making it harder to take the fact that, man, this could have been such a cool game. And now it's, you know, looking less and less likely to happen. And then it's like, you know, finally somebody is making it happen. And like you said, DICE is pretty much the perfect studio to do it. And it's funny because ever since... EA took over, you know, ever since they got the rights to Star Wars and said that DICE was making a, a Star Wars game. Yeah, it was pretty much a given that, um, you know, that there would be a new Battlefront. It's like, we'd even heard people at EA mention that, that it was something they were considering. And, you know, like we've said, it's a huge popular game and it's one that people want to see a sequel to. And so it only makes sense to, to go that route. And so it's not really a surprise that they're doing it. But at the same time, to finally get official confirmation after, you know, weeks and months of speculation and months and years previous to that of just let down after let down, it's like such a relief to actually officially know that we're getting this game. And um, and when you were talking about the trailer, I mean, I watched the thing live on TV on Spike, which I usually don't do for E3. I won't sit through like a whole press conference. I'll just look online afterwards and see you know, the interesting bits or the trailers to the games that I'm interested in. Uh But when EA said that for their press conference, they were going to be revealing their plans for, you know, the future with their, uh, you know, having the Star Wars license, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this entire press conference so that I don't miss anything about Star Wars. And sure, I could find it out online afterwards, but, like, I want to see it when it happens. Um, And, of course, Battlefront 3 was top of my list of things I was hoping to see, even though I was kind of maybe hoping for a little bit more, because obviously that was the only thing we saw in that press conference, and they didn't even talk about it afterwards. It was just they showed the trailer and then moved on to, like, Need for Speed or something afterwards. But, um, so, you know, I I was interested to see if they were going to maybe talk about any new games or anything like that, but I was hoping for Battlefront. We got Battlefront, and I was satisfied and when they showed that trailer, uh, I guess the guy who introduced it was just sort of like, um, you know, talking about the future of the next gen consoles and all the different stuff we can do with the graphics and the Frostbite Engine 3 that um, DICE is using. And he was like, uh, you know, talking about all these technological advancements and then was like, you know, here's an example. Here's one game that we're making that uh, DICE is making with the Frostbite 3 engine and just walked off stage and this trailer comes up. And at first it's just... You know, it's like a first-person view of a guy crawling through the snow. And, of course, I'm like, okay, this could be Hoth. But, you know, I'm not, like, getting my hopes up yet. It's only, like, 15 minutes into the press conference, and I thought maybe they were going to save some of the Star Wars stuff for later. But I was like, okay, this could be Star Wars. But I I think my first instinct is I thought it was a Battlefield game. Um, Because I was like, you know, that's what DICE is most known for, and maybe that would be, like, the first thing they would show at the conference. But, um, you know, I, I was sort of just holding my breath in anticipation trying to find out what this thing was because you just see this guy sort of crawling through the snow and there's some wreckage but you can't really tell what it is and then lasers come blasting down from the sky and he looks up and you see a snow speeder and at that point i was like freaking out um and then you know the snow speeder crashes you look up see a giant atat foot crash down i freaked out some more i was like okay this is definitely a star wars game um, but you know, you can't tell from the trailer what game it is. Cause it's not like a gameplay trailer or anything. It's just yeah. one of these sort of pre-made, you know, animated cinematic trailers. So it just looks cool, but it doesn't tell you anything about the game. It was just, obviously this is going to be some sort of action star Wars game. But when it faded to black and just the title star Wars battlefront came up, I was like, I, I, I lost it. I was <laughs> like yelling and cheering and was like, Oh, it's finally happening. Yeah, I didn't and, hear the uh, reaction the crowd gave for it too. Like, we got no, no, I didn't cheer. hear. Well, I heard the reaction the crowd gave when I watched it for like the third time. <laughs> um, I didn't hear the reaction at first because it was drowned out by my own reaction. Um, and you know what? It's funny. I think in some ways it's almost better that at least for this trailer that they just called it Star Wars Battlefront. Because like I said, I think that might just be a tentative title. They could decide to call it Battlefront 3 or 
um, you know, add a subtitle to it, like some of the Battlefront PSP games have called, been called, like, Battlefront Renegade Squadron or something like that. So there could be more to the name, but like I said, just because it's in the early stages, they're just like, hey, guys, you wanted it, here it is, we're making a Star Wars Battlefront game. And so just to see that simple title come up, it was just like, yes, finally, it's coming. I know, it must have been great to see it live, because I, I was about to start watching the EA press conference, I was about a few minutes in, they're showing the whole Plants vs. Zombie uh, new game, and then you sent me a text saying, are you watching the battle, the EA press conference? I'm like, yeah, I just started, but I'm not caught up. And I just, uh, did they show Star Wars yet? And you're like, yep. And I just like hit the fast forward button on my DVR right away. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then and then I tried to tell you to stop because like yeah. the part of the thing that was so great about that trailer was the the surprise reveal. Yeah. And at first, you can't tell that it's Star Wars um, because you know Hoth is just all snowy and looks like it could be in the Arctic somewhere on Earth. It's not like it starts in space or Cloud City or something like that. So um, yeah, so part of the reason I was so excited by it was just sort of the reveal of figuring out what that trailer was. So I tried to tell you, I was like, you know, don't fast forward to it though, because you know it'll it'll kind of catch you by surprise at first, and then you'll be all excited when you find out that it's Star Wars, and then you're like, too late. I just fast forwarded and watched it. But yeah. it's Battlefront, yes. I know. <laughs> it probably would have been cooler if I watched it live, I expected, but still, yeah, this scene that uh, the snow speeder crash and then that AT-AT's foot just stop and it goes to black. I was like, oh man, yes. <laughs> like, the, the title didn't pop up yet, but I just had a feeling that yeah, this is Battlefront. It's going to be Battlefront. And then when it actually did come up, like, oh, finally, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and for me, like, I had a feeling that it might be. And especially, like I said, because they, they said it was made by DICE and it was on the Frostbite 3 engine and everybody was sort of speculating that that was... You know, if they were going to make a Battlefront game, it was going to be DICE who did it because they've already, you know, a lot of people pointed out the similarities between the Star Wars Battlefront franchise and DICE's Battlefield franchise, um, you know, really similar in terms of like the combat classes and team-based combat and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I was like, okay, yeah, this is probably Battlefront, but just because I've been waiting for this game for so long because my expectations were like built up so high. I was like, I'm not going to assume anything until I see the actual title. I mean, for all we know, this could be, you know, just some action game set on Hoth, you know? Mm. So I was like, but once that title star Wars battlefront came up, it was just, you know, such a release of like years and years of waiting. <laughs> I was like, it's finally happening. <laughs> I know, and now when it was announced, I just my head kept spinning. Okay, man, this is gonna be a next gen video game. Like, what stuff do I want this Battlefront to have? Like, what planets do I want to go to? Any new gameplay features I want to see? <laughs> so my mind just kept spinning as like the possibilities of what the game could be. Now there are certain things that I'm hoping for. I'm hoping they still keep it where it's like the old Battlefronts, where it has all the planets from all the Star Wars movies in there. But now with Clone Wars, I'm hoping for expanding the levels of the planets that you get to go to. Like, I'm hoping maybe you get to go to Umbara or Christophsis or just Ryloth, some new planets that we haven't seen before that were in the Clone Wars. I think would be awesome. As far as, like, new gameplay mechanics, um, I'm kind of... I know DICE has usually done the first-person shooter stuff with Battlefield. I believe they said they're not. it's not going to just be a reskin Battlefield game. It's going to have its own unique feel and style. So, But one thing I'm kind of hoping for, if they do have it still third-person, that if... Uh, a cover mechanic I think would be really cool to have, kind of like Gears of War. I just love that style of gameplay. I, just, I think it adds to the action that you're able to have in those type of games. So right off the bat, those are some things I'm hoping for in the new Battlefront. But I don't know if you thought of anything that you'd like to see or you're just hoping for more of the same just with updated graphics or what are you oh, looking forward man. to? It's, well, it's one of those things where I don't even really have a wish list of of new stuff that I want to see because if they made if they remade Battlefront 2 with a couple new maps and a couple new units and HD graphics I would be happy but obviously like you said they're going to you know they've said they're going to do more with it um and we'll get to that in a second because we actually do have a couple more details on this but um you know as long as they make it good I'm like don't make any changes that are going to make it suck other than that you know do whatever you want to it as long as it's expanding on the action and the scope and the fun and the sort of big Star Wars feel to it. Um, I'm just like, surprise me. I don't even care. It's a Battlefront game. I'm going to be happy as long as I can, you know, play as the Republic and the Rebels and the Empire and the, uh, you know, Separatists and 
go on different planets and get in vehicles and have space combat and stuff like that. I mean, that's all going to be great. I guess, if anything, my one sort of big thing that I'm hoping for, just because we've seen it before, is if you've seen the leaked footage from the uh, from the Free Radical version of Battlefront 3, and this was like the earliest leaked footage that came out back in like 2008 or 9 or something. Gosh, has it really been that long? I think um, it has. <laughs> but, it, you know, it, it was sort of like a five-minute trailer that showed off sort of what was in development, and it was kind of supposed to be just for, like, LucasArts and the development team, I guess, to see sort of what the progress was. But, you know, it got leaked around the same time that the game got canceled. But one thing that was probably the most impressive in that trailer is in the first two... Well, in, in Battlefront 1, you didn't have space combat at all. In Battlefront 2, you had land maps, and then you had space maps. And in Battlefront 3, what they were going to do with it is have sort of all that stuff integrated so you could be, you know, running around on the ground, you know, shooting enemies and capturing command posts and stuff like that. And then you could get in a ship, you know, an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter or whatever, um, get up and, you know, fly around in the sky. And there's sort of, you know, this aerial space above the uh, above the planet's surface that you can fight in there. And then you can just, like, fly your ship up into space, so it's like a space map, you know, like the space battle maps that they have, but it's all integrated into one map. So you can fly from the ground up into space, like land in the capital ship, um, you know, get in another ship, fly back down, take a command post, and you can do, you know, all of that within the same map. And it would be like this huge integrated battle. I mean, obviously, I don't know exactly how it worked because, you know, I never got to play it or see it really in depth or anything because that version never came out. But just because that looks so cool and... uh you know, I'm I'm hoping that Dice can maybe implement that same kind of mechanic or something similar into their version of the new Battlefront. So I guess that's only my th that's my only like one specific thing uh, that I'm hoping to see. But other than that, yeah, just <laughs> more of the same with pretty looking graphics and whatever kind of new stuff they want to throw in without changing it up too much. Yeah, like you said, for that those early demos, that feature of like going from the planet to space. Like going on all these different ships, all with like one map. It looked good even in that like early development state. So just imagine what they're going to be able to do with it now on the next gen system and fully finished too. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you saw the Battlefield demo they had at I think it was the Microsoft press conference, where they actually demoed a level where like you're on an aircraft carrier and it's sinking and like there's these waves crashing by, there's these jets falling over. I just kept thinking to myself, man, imagine a Star Wars game like this where like you're on Kamido and there's all these waves coming at you and this massive action going on. So then that was before the Battlefront Battlefront announcement. So then when that got announced, like, oh man, yes, this that can become a reality because the graphics on Battlefield 4 look amazing. That frostbite engine, jeez, man, I can't wait to see what it looks like. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Well, and especially because that's gonna be, you know, one of the earlier i'm not is, is that a launch title for the next gen consoles uh i believe so yeah like if it's not a launch title it's definitely coming out around the same time that those consoles come out so that's going to be an earlier version um yeah. and you know the new battlefront obviously isn't going to be out for a while so it'll probably have even better graphics because they'll you know have more experience doing stuff with that engine and with the uh you know the capabilities of the next gen consoles and stuff so it'll probably be able to go even beyond what they're doing in battlefield 4 even the guy who announced the Battlefront game even said that before he, like, he was talking about the Frostbite engine, saying how it's like an engine that's going to keep getting better and better the more we're able to work with it. So, yeah, like you said, it's going to look even better than what Battlefield 4 is probably going to look like. Yeah, yeah. So super excited for it. Um, and like I said, they didn't reveal anything else about it during that press conference. Um, and I, I thought about recording a new episode right after that conference i you know texted you maybe the day before or something and was like hey if they you know reveal some cool star wars stuff are you available to you know record an episode right after that press conference um and of course i was super excited about the new battlefront announcement was like well we could do an episode about it now but since we really didn't get anything else i was like okay well let's wait till e3 is over and uh you know see if we get any more details and you know they didn't announce any more of their star wars plans they didn't say uh what um, you know, any of the other games that they're making or anything like that. And I'm sure more of that stuff will come in time. But uh, one thing, or there, there were a couple more uh, little tidbits of information that I found out. Um, one was, there was an article in PC Gamer that uh, came out, I think it was the same day they made the Battlefront announcement, like when everybody was sort of first reporting on it. And on PC Gamer's website, they 
put their article up saying, you know, DICE is developing it and blah, blah, blah. But they uh, specifically mentioned in the article that the game is going to have a release in fall of 2014. Now, I don't know if that's just their speculation on it or, um, you know, if that's maybe a rumor that's floating around or if they were at E3 and talked to somebody at EA and, uh, you know, got that specifically nailed down. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of speculation at this point for me because that's like the only source I've heard it from. And they didn't say, you know, they didn't make a big deal about it. They're not like, oh, we have the exclusive, you know, release date here. But, and of course, like I said, it, with it being this early, obviously they're going to wait until they sort of have a better idea of how long it's going to actually take to make the game and everything that they're trying to do with it. So, you know, not surprising that we don't have a release date yet, but I think fall 2014 is probably around the area that people are expecting. I mean, that would kind of make sense. I'm thinking either late 2014 or maybe early 2015. Um, yeah. If they're, you know, obviously I, I would bet money that this game is going to come out before episode seven. Because that is sort of a huge marketing boost, I guess, for just sort of awareness of the Star Wars brand. Um, you know, this is something they could really use to get people hyped up for Episode Seven. But, um, you know, I, I guess if you think about, like, these huge blockbuster games, they usually tend to come out, like, in the fall or maybe around Christmas time or maybe in the yeah. summer, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I could definitely see a, a fall 2014 release being pretty, uh, pretty reasonable. Yeah, I think... Fall of 2014 is likely, but then, like you said, too, if they are planning to have it tie in more with Episode 7, if that's going to be the tie-in video game for it, or if they're going to do like their own separate Episode 7 tie-in game, I don't know, but it would be a great launching point. Or like, Because they did that with the Episode 3 DVD, that's when Battlefront 2 came out, and then when the original trilogy DVDs came out, that's when the first one came out. So it's like great marketing to have, them, like, have it released with another big Star Wars event. So that's what I'm thinking of. They're going to save it more for Episode 7 or earlier. Yeah, who knows? But if they are going to save it for Episode 7, then that makes me think, are they going to include some levels for from Episode 7, some new planets in there to kind of give a fan, I guess, a sneak peek at what you can expect from the new movie? So, yeah, it's, it just gets me thinking of what actually they're going to do with it because if it is going to have some Episode 7 tie-in stuff to it, it'd be great to have it earlier than when the movie comes out just so we can get that sneak peek of it. So, yeah, it should be interesting to find out when it's actually going to be released. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's interesting is with this game being on the next-gen consoles, and even with the current consoles, you know, the Xbox 360 and PS3, like, downloadable content and uh, DLC and all that kind of stuff is a lot more, uh, sort of a lot more of an issue, I guess, a lot more prevalent in games nowadays than it was even, you know, just eight years ago when Battlefront 2 came out. Um, and they had a couple extra levels that you could download for Battlefront 2. But, you know, obviously all these big shooters now, Halo and Call of Duty and stuff, they're always adding, you know, downloadable map packs and stuff like that. So if Battle, if this new Battlefront game doesn't have any uh, any maps from Episode 7 in it, I'm sure that, you know, if it comes out before the movie, then I'm sure around the time the movie comes out, they'll add some Episode 7 maps or something like that. Um, then sort of the question becomes, well, where do you draw the line between just adding a bunch of new maps and making a totally separate game, you know, they can make a Battlefront 4 where it's, you know, a whole bunch of planets from Episode 7, 8, 9 in there or whatever. Yeah, I guess they'll save Battlefront 4 for when the new trilogy is all finished. Yeah, maybe <laughs> so when it's all So they can have a big finished. old package but of all the planets. Then again, that could be another, you know, seven or eight years after Battlefront 3. And yeah. <laughs> people don't want to wait that long. But, uh, yeah, I was thinking about the um, about that DLC stuff, even when you were mentioning maybe wanting to see some Clone Wars maps or something like that. I mean, that's one thing that is kind of exciting for me because, I mean, a lot of people complain about DLC and think that companies are just, you know, making a cash grab or something like that. But I think it would be a good idea for for a Battlefront game because with as huge as the Star Wars universe is and as many Star Wars fans as there are who sort of like different parts of it, I mean, I think it would definitely make sense to release the main game where it's just, you know, maybe just maps from the movies from episodes one through six. I mean, you've already got tons of battles and planets and stuff in there. And then if you want to go ahead and release separate DLC map packs with like three or four different maps from the Clone Wars or KOTOR or, you know, other areas of the EU, then those are sort of, you know, people could kind of pick and choose and you get... um you know, you can get the extra levels to play stuff that you're just, just you're interested in. So, um, you know, it's like somebody who hasn't watched the Clone Wars wouldn't have to be playing on Clone Wars maps, but if you're really into the Clone Wars, you could, you know, download, download that extra map pack if that's something you want. 
Um, you know, not that it would be, not that it would ever be a bad thing to have too many Clone Wars maps in the game or anything like that. But I mean, if they're going for a DLC kind of model, I would definitely think that, um, I mean, that's how I would approach it would be to sort of separate, separate those, those different EU stories and different, uh, maybe some of the planets and battles and stuff that aren't as well known in the Star Wars lore, have that stuff be downloadable for the fans who are really into it. Yeah. And that makes sense too. As long as the new Battlefront game has as much levels as Battlefront 2 did, then yeah, that'd be cool to have that DLC stuff. But if it's like less than that, and then they add le- other levels that were in the old ones as DLC, then that's somewhere like, eh, that could kind of, I could see where it can maybe leave a bad taste in gamers' mouths. But yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. It'd be smart if they are going to do DLC, maybe just have the game launch with all the planets from the movies and then have your separate DLC packs like Clone Wars map pack or EU map pack or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely don't have a problem with DLC as long as the main game itself is, you know, substantial enough to be entertaining and it doesn't feel like, you know, you're paying $60 for half a game and then yeah. you pay another $20 to download the other half of it. Yeah, exactly. But, so, um, yeah, I mean, as, as long as the game itself is enjoyable, but then the DLC is, like, extra stuff to add on to it and make it even more enjoyable. Yeah, bring it on, because <laughs> I know I'll be downloading it. Oh yeah, for sure. So when you played the old Battlefronts, which uh, when like you did multiplayer and stuff, which side would you usually choose the most? Oh man, let's see. Well, I've played like countless hours of Battlefront with my dad, um, which is probably why I've played it so much. I mean, I never, I, I've played that online a little bit, but wasn't hugely into like the online multiplayer stuff. Um, and of course, on the Xbox One, you know, Xbox Live wasn't quite as big as it is now. So if uh, if there were a new Battlefront game out already, I'd be playing that online all the time. But um, I'm part of the thing that kept me playing that game for years is that my dad played it with me like when I was a teenager, and we'd always go back and forth on the Galactic Conquests. And uh, yeah, pretty much, like, like if we played Galactic Civil War, I was almost always the Empire, and he was almost always the Rebels, and occasionally we'd switch it up just for fun. And then with the Clone Wars, I was always the Clones, and he was always the Droids. Um, and it seems like I've spent more time playing the clones and I don't know if that's because we did more galactic conquests or if those ones just seem to take longer. It seemed like I always like kicked his butt really quickly with the empire. Um, (laughs) and you know, the galactic conquest mode is where like you have, it's almost like a mini version of a strategy game where each side has like a few different planets and it's basically just all the, all the maps in the game, but they're, you know, sort of laid out as planets on the galaxy and you have like a fleet that you move around and try to conquer. Basically you, you start a battle and if you win on that certain map, then you like take the planet from the other person or try to defend if they attack one of your planets or something. And you try to, you know, win on every map and take over all the planets in the galaxy and I would just kind of sweep across and win all of them really quick with the Empire. But with the clones and the droids, we always went back and forth. So it seemed like I spent more time playing as the clones just because he gave me more trouble with the droids. Especially those destroyer droids with the shields. I hated those. Yeah, <laughs> same here. I was always missing the Republic with the clones because they had the coolest looking characters. <laughs> like, uh, all it was were just clones and clones and clones, which was awesome. But I don't think I've ever really picked the Separatist side <laughs> ever because I really didn't want to be any of the droids and I do remember playing with my brother, though. Uh, we have these matches where, uh, just to get an Obi-Wan and Grievous fight, because for some reason we'd always have these good matches between when you could kill a certain amount of uh, characters and then you're able to pick either a Jedi or a Sith or just like some of the main characters from the movies. And I would always get Obi-Wan, he'd always be General Grievous. So we just have these great matches where these lightsaber duels where he'd really, it was kind of evening out where I'd get him a few matches and he'd get me with Grievous a few matches. So we just had some fun stuff we're trying to, between those two characters. But yeah, it was definitely mainly the Republic. I was, well, another thing I was thinking of, too, I wonder if they'll ever do, like, a, a cross, you know, because it's mainly just Republic versus Separatists, Rebels, and Empire. I wonder if they'll do something maybe where you can have, like, Rebels versus the Separatists or, like, the Republic versus the Empire, even though it won't make sense uh, story-wise, just to have that, like, Clones versus Stormtroopers or versus the Rebels, something like that I think would be pretty cool. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I mean, that, that's not something that I would be super interested in because mm-hmm. it's like if, I, if I'm if i going to be a clone trooper, I want to shoot some droids because that's what clone troopers do. But, you know, like you said, it could be fun just to kind of switch it up every once in a while. Um, I don't I mean, I don't know if they'll add that as a as a possible way to play in the new Battlefront, but they possibly could. Um, and I know in Battlefront 2, they kind of threw that in a little bit where they had the uh, they had a story mode in that game called Rise of the Empire 
where, um, and again, it was a thing where you sort of just played through all the different maps that they had in the game, but they sort of strung a storyline through it following the 501st Legion, um, sort of through the end of the Clone Wars, and they're like on all these different planets killing all these Jedi and stuff, and then, you know, the Republic becomes the Empire, and you sort of do some missions where you're putting down insurrections and trying to kind of secure the Empire's power and all that. But, and great narration by uh, Samara Morrison on that too. About yeah, the nice touch. Yeah, yeah, it was cool that they had him back for it. But in uh, a couple of the uh, missions that they made up in between episodes three and four, and I'm not even sure where this sort of stands in the canon, but you know, it doesn't seem super official. It just kind of seems like something they did for fun yeah. in a video game. But there's one story where there's some uh, Geonosian like separatist leader who escaped, uh, you know, at the end of the Clone Wars and. Uh, he's you know coming back and he's on Mustafar trying to build up a droid army to challenge the Empire and he's sort of like can't let go of the old days and wants to still be a separatist and fighting the Clone Wars and stuff. And so in that mission, um, and you know the Republic's already the Empire at this point, so you're playing the stormtroopers and you get to go fight Geonosians and battle droids. And then there's another story where you're on Kamino and the uh, the cloners who yeah. created you know the original clone army. Um, have decided that the Empire is bad and they're going to create, you know, some like some of the original clone troopers from the Clone Wars to try to fight against the stormtroopers. And so you get to play, you know, stormtroopers against clone troopers and have Boba Fett in the middle of the fight and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, they, I mean, they did play around with that a, a little bit in Battlefront 2, but you've never been able to do that in multiplayer. So I don't know, it'd be interesting to see if they add that in the new one. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> But uh, like I said before, now that Battlefront is officially announced, but when we get that date set for its release, that's when I know for sure I'll be getting one of the next-gen consoles. <laughs> because at this E3, I mean, they had the big press conferences for both Microsoft and Sony. And so far, none of the games, except maybe one or two, really grabbed me saying, oh, I got to get this console right away. But Battlefront is definitely one of those games. So whenever they set the release date, that's fine. I know I'm either getting an Xbox One or a PS4. More likely maybe a PS4 because <laughs> of the price point, but mm-hmm. I'd like to have both of them eventually, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards PS4 right now myself too, but I'm going to kind of, and, and I have an Xbox 360 right now. I've never owned a PlayStation, but like you said, with the price point and with sort of all this controversy that's going around on all the restrictions and stuff that they have yeah. on Xbox One, I'm like, eh, maybe it's time to switch. But like you said, there's, like I don't really have any games either that are sort of jumping out at me as like, oh man, I have to get this console and this game like as soon as it launches. Um, and I have a friend who's already pre-ordered the Xbox One, so I'm sure I'll you know, go over to his house and spend a lot of time with it and um, you know either see if I've got a friend who's got a PS4 or go to you know Best Buy or GameStop or something and try the one that they've got on display there and you know try out both the systems and see which one I really like before I actually buy one. And, uh, you know, I'm in no rush to get one, like, as soon as they launch, but I definitely am going to get one before Battlefront comes out. Yeah, same here. I mean, the only other two games that probably would have made me get one right away would be, uh, they just announced Final Fantasy XV and Kingdom Hearts Three, but I think Battlefront's going to be out way before those two games come out, so <laughs> Battlefront will probably be my first next-generation game, I would think. Yeah, of course, and there are going to be other Star Wars next-gen games, too. We just don't know, um, you know, what those are going to be yet, but... Uh, you know, it's not like it's not like we're gonna be buying the console just for Battlefront. Yeah, <laughs> um, and of course, you know, there're gonna be some other good games too. Like if I buy a next gen console and get Battlefront, it's not like that's all I'm gonna play. It's like while I've of got course, it, yeah. I'll you know get some other games too. But that is definitely gonna be my uh, my tipping point. Yeah, it was the same here. Yeah. Unless I somehow fall into a bunch of money and be able to get them at launch, but <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. But uh, then the the one other uh, piece of news that we had about Battlefront that came over, came out over the course of E3 is uh, E th- or uh, IGN had an article uh, that they posted a couple of days ago talking about how basically why uh, Dice decided to do Battlefront first and uh, sort of how they're going about approaching it and they're saying that um, you know they chose this as the first Star Wars game to do because, um, you know, because the fans wanted it and because it's, you know, such a popular series and stuff. And not only that, but LucasArts specifically asked them to make it, which I thought made sense because uh, LucasArts had kind of, you know, this came out like after LucasArts had shut down. But obviously, you know, the thing with uh, Free Radical trying to make Battlefront 3 didn't work out. And then LucasArts had been secretly working on their own project that was going to, 
eventually sort of become like the prototype for a new Battlefront game. And so even though they hadn't really been able to get their act together, like they knew that this was something that the fans really wanted. And, um, you know, they, they had been trying to make it happen. And so once uh, EA and DICE took over, they were like, okay, well, we were working on this and our version is, you know, sort of obsolete now, but can, you know, somebody keep this going and, uh, you know, deliver it to the fans because they wanted it for so long. So I'm glad that it wasn't just fan outcry, but also that uh, LucasArts specifically was like, hey, look, we know the fans want this, so make sure if you guys are taking over, make sure somebody gets this one done. And uh, But at the same time, I don't think they're going to be just sort of picking up from where LucasArts or Free Radical left off and just sort of finishing no. those versions because they also said in this article that um, they don't want... He, he kind of says two things. One, that they don't want to just copy somebody else's game. And he also says they don't want to just make it battlefield with star wars characters which i think is what a lot of people were assuming after the announcement came out they're like oh it's dice and they make battlefield and battlefield and battlefront are similar so if dice makes a battlefront game it's just going to be battlefield with stormtroopers and not that that would be a bad thing either because i well i actually haven't played the battlefield games but um, you know, just because a lot of people play them and like them and it's like, okay, well, if it's a, you know, good shooter game and, you know, they know how to make it well and, you know, make it fun and all that and add Star Wars to it, I'm sure that would be a good game that I would play. But I kind of hope that they add more of, um, I mean, it, you know, it's kind of hard to describe, but Star Wars has that sort of intangible quality to it where even though there's wars and stuff, it's not just running around shooting people. You know, it's about the characters and the exotic locations and all that kind of stuff. And so as long as they sort of focus on more of that stuff, too, and it's not just, you know, doesn't feel all gritty, you know, super action war game, but, you know, feels like a Star Wars game, too. I'm glad they're taking that approach to it where they're not like, OK, we're not going to just reskin Battlefield with Star Wars characters. We're actually going to, like, put some thought into this. And at the same time, you know, they said that they're going to... Um, sort of look back at sort of what was so successful about Battlefront and sort of try to honor the franchise, but at the same time, they're not going to just make it, you know, battle... Like, they're not going to remake Battlefront 2 with HD graphics. They're definitely going to do some new stuff with it. So, I mean, I'm excited to see what they do with it. And that's kind of why, uh, when you were asking earlier if there was anything specific I wanted to see, I'm like, well, I don't really know what approach they're taking with it or sort of what things they're going to try to take away or add or stuff to make it better. So... You know, it's like at this point, I'm not really trying to get super specific about, you know, oh, it better have this or better not have this or whatever. It's like, I just trust them to make a good game because they know what they're doing. They've made a lot of great games before, and I'm just glad we're getting another Star Wars Battlefront. So I'm just going to sit back and wait till it comes out and then play the heck out of it. Yeah, as long as they don't make it a tower defense game or an RTS game, they can do whatever <laughs> they want with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to shoot droids and I need to fly a ship. Yes. <laughs> and maybe some revamped Jedi combat too. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be, yeah, it was still fun in Battlefront too, but it wasn't like the greatest combat like that there was in a game, but yeah. 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 Especially now that we've got stuff like, you know, force unleashed. It was like at the time with Battlefront two, it was kind of just a novelty. It was like, mm -hmm. Oh look, I get to run around the battlefield with, you know, a lightsaber and I can force push people and stuff. But um, it's like looking back on it now, it's like, okay, if we're going to do a new Battlefront game, it should have kind of more complexity to that uh, sort of combat mechanic, I guess. Yeah, we'll see if they even keep that feature. Maybe they'll just go strictly with, you know, the armies fighting each other and yeah. don't have all the, like, the main character from it. Yeah, I, I hope they add that in there. But, you know, if, if they take it out and the rest of the game is still really good, I wouldn't be super disappointed. Yeah. I just can't wait. <laughs> Another Star Wars... Uh, uh, project to look forward to and hopefully 2014 <laughs> I mean, yeah. the new stuff just keeps coming and coming and that's everything's looking awesome so yeah whatever next gen system i decide to go with i'm going to try to get all my friends to buy the same one so that i have a bunch of people to play online against yeah <laughs> okay, okay i gotta make sure i get the same one you get then <laughs> yeah yeah definitely we gotta get you know mike and matt over at Frontlines and a bunch of our other star wars friends and podcast people and stuff Start our own clan or something. Oh, yeah. Have <laughs> huge, big multiplayer battles. Ooh, can't wait. <laughs> oh, man. So excited. But, again, you know, it's, it's a ways off. So, for now, it's just sort yeah. of 
sit back and speculate about it and dream about it and imagine ourselves playing it in, you know, a year or two. Um, and then when it finally comes out, you know, it'll be great. And I, I'm sure once we get closer, once we get more trailers and actually some gameplay footage and screenshots and stuff like that, then my excitement level is going to go from... I would say it's going to go up to 11, but I'd say it's probably, it was at 11 on Monday and now I'm <laughs> probably back down to like maybe an eight or nine. And then once we get another trailer that shows more, I'm going to be up to like 15. <laughs> Man, only 15. You got to go higher. Well, when, uh, when you get the game, you'll be at, you'll be at a hundred or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I, I think we've pretty much talked Battlefront to death for now. Um, yeah, for a 30-second trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like all we know, literally all we know about the game is that they're making it. Um, yeah. and, and who's making it and, you know, what engine it's being built on that it's coming out on the next-gen consoles. But we don't really know anything about what's going to be in the game itself. But uh, definitely stay tuned. We will keep you updated on that as soon as we hear anything else um, and our excitement levels will keep on breaking new barriers. But um, so Tim, what else have we got this week besides that? I know that was sort of the big thing that we wanted to cover in this episode, but uh, we've actually had a few more sort of smaller things come out this week that uh, we thought we could cover in the same episode. So what else we got? Yeah. Another thing that uh, came out this week was that um, Kevin Kiner, the music composer for the Clone Wars, uh, he recently did an interview on the Full of Sith podcast, which is a great podcast to listen to for Star Wars fans. But uh, they asked him kind of what his uh, if he knew what was going on with the bonus content episodes. And in that interview, he said that, um, yeah, we're actually working on 10 episodes right now. And that also possibly there may be a soundtrack for the series release. But um, the interesting part, of course, he actually gave a number as to the bonus content. He said they're working on 10 yeah. Now, 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 did he lock down ten specifically? Because I, from what I read, I think he said about ten. Um, you know what? Let or he, he said like the exact quote of all that because you might be right where he said it's about ten, or because he, he, he said um, like ten or yeah, so or something like that. It's about ten shows that we're still working on, and that are going to be part of the special material. So that kind of gets me thinking, though: is it ten that they're still working on, in addition to ones they already have completed? Or is the number about 10 for all the bonus content? So, Because you would think some episodes are done by now. Because you know the Clovis arc is finished. Yeah. So. yeah. And that was, uh, it's funny, I didn't even pick that up the first time I read it. But hearing you say it just then, I was like, oh wait, they're still working on 10? Does that mean that there's even more that they've already finished? So, I don't know. Yeah, we'll, that'd be awesome if that's the case. Because yeah, <laughs> that's almost yeah. half a season right there. Yeah, well, I would probably, if I had to guess, I'd probably place the number of episodes anywhere between 9 and 13. Um, because if these, it, you know, if he says 10 or so, or, you know, about 10, and that includes the Clovis arc, like if he's including all the, just all the episodes that are going to be included in the bonus content, then, um, I mean, if you think about it, 10 episodes is probably three story arcs. That would be like a three, a four, and a three um, so if it, if it so happens that it's going to be three story arcs and they're all three episodes long, then that would be, um, you know, nine episodes or, so that's like the short end of it. And I think the longer end would be like you said, if they're done with any of these episodes already, and because the Clovis arc was supposed to air in season five, I'm going to go ahead and assume they're done with that. Um, so if they're done with that one and they're working on 10, you know, they're 10 episodes from what would have been season six that they're still finishing up then that would probably be about 13 or, you know, it could be even more than that if there's, um, you know, if there are other episodes that are done already, but I don't want to like get my hopes up and hope that we're getting the full season here. So yeah. I'm going to place my guess somewhere in between there. Um, just because, you know, I mean, even if all we got was 10 episodes and, you know, three story arcs, I, I would be satisfied with that because, yeah, me too. um, even though three story arcs might not seem like a whole lot, it's when you, when you, say 10 episodes and especially because it's double digits you're like well that's that's almost half a season right there um and you know that's so that's like half of a full season which we could have gotten on tv and, it's, and instead these are just going to be bonus episodes that we're getting who knows when or where but uh 10's not a bad number for bonus content yes i agree yeah, I, mean, I, be... I think i think most shows that get canceled prematurely their their fans would probably be jealous of us for getting 10 more episodes after it's over exactly yeah i know uh 
my brother, who's a big fan of the Green Lantern animated series, is very jealous that there's still more Clone Wars coming after his cancel. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think three arcs is probably what we can expect, especially if Kevin Kiner said it's going to be about 10, because most arcs are four episodes now, so that's two right there. And then if you just add the Clovis, I think that was a three-episode arc. Mm-hmm. So that's like around, that'll be 11. So somewhere around there, I think, would be good. And I just, like I said, it's fine with me because there's been early reports that, oh, you maybe only get one or two arcs. And one of them was going to be the Clovis one from season five. So it wouldn't be, we'd only really get one arc from what was going to be season six. So I think if we got two completed arcs from season six plus the Clovis arc, I think that should be, I guess, more than what was originally expected. So, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping what he says is ends up being true. At the very least, 10, if, if more, great. But, yeah, that should be probably the amount to expect. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy with that. And, of course, you know, more would always be nice. I'll take however many they're going to give us. But uh, 10, I think, would be a satisfactory number. But, um, yeah. you know, we'll, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. And Celebration Europe is coming up kind of soon. Hopefully, we finally get some official details on that. I mean, Dave Filoni's going to be there, right? Yeah, he's definitely going to be there. Yeah, okay. I mean, I know Kathleen Kennedy's going to be there, but I couldn't remember if Dave had been announced or not. But it seems like something he would go to. But yeah, so he's going to be there. Um, Obviously, they said they're going to be showing off sort of the first details or concept art or trailer or whatever for Star Wars Rebels. But, um, you know, hopefully he'll uh, give us a little bit of, um, not closure, but sort of maybe some hints about when we're getting closure on the Clone Wars. And just when those episodes are going to come out so we can finally stop speculating of, you know, what's it going to be about and when's it going to come out and how is it going to come out and where and when can we see it and all that kind of stuff. Put a lot of people's uh, minds at ease. Yeah, that's the next Star Wars announcement I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. So just yeah. the official announcement of when we're going to see these bonus content episodes. Yeah. Although if they announced another new video game before then, I would not be disappointed. But you know, <laughs> since, uh, since it's right after E3, I'm not expecting any big video game news for a while. Yeah, but um, the other another story that came up this week was that this is more of a rumor, a big rumor, that for me I'm personally not putting too much stock in, but um, apparently there's the uh, story rumors for what characters are going to be in episode seven, and um, I believe it's from I never even heard of this site called Schmoes No, <laughs> but uh, they're saying that pretty much it's going to focus on Jason and Jaina. And that they're training with Luke, but then Jason ends up going to the dark side and becomes Darth Cadiz. And to me, this it's just straight from the EU, this, what's happened in those stories, which to me raises a red flag. And I really don't think this is what episode seven is going to be, especially when you heard uh, comments from people working on it that they're really not going to take anything from the EU. And so, I don't know, to me, this sounds just more wishful thinking of what they want it to be and that they just kind of either whoever reported this knew nothing about the expanded universe or Star Wars in general, and they found this out and then found out that this was a story in the EU and that they just figured, oh, this is what episode seven will be then. But yeah, it just seems to, it's just taken directly from the EU for it to be real for me. And they even said certain things in the quotes that they had there that um, it says, Jaina's twin brother, one of the greatest Jedis in the world. You never really hear the term world too much in Star Wars universe. It's really galaxy or the universe i think the only person who said that was padme when she told anakin we're living in the real world come back to it but <laughs> i think it just sounds funny saying that one of the greatest jedi in the world that's not really too saying too much of a jedi if it's just one world he's the best in and not in the galaxy so yeah and yeah, yeah I, for me I had, not buying into this one yeah no i had the exact same reaction when i read it um to that thing to that phrase you mentioned that sort of raised a red flag for me i was like wait for one thing Nobody ever says Jedi's plural. It's just <laughs> Jedi. But, you know, not everybody knows that. I mean, I've read that in other articles before. People who are not as initiated with Star Wars as we are. I can forgive that. I can't forgive people who spell Wookiee with one E. That drives me nuts. It's a Wookiee, not a cookie, dang it. But, um, anyways. Um, but, you know, the fact that they said Jedi's and then, like you said, in the world. I was like, that sounds a little fishy. Because, you know, like you said, it's always like, you know, one of the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy or in the universe or in the Republic or something like that. It's like one of the most powerful Jedis in the world. In which world? There are a whole lot of worlds in Star Wars. (laughs) But um, and the other thing, too, is I think they said that this was supposed to be taken from like an official release or like a, a casting 
I, I think they said it was from a casting call. Um, and yeah, I've never heard of this website either, this Schmoes Knows or something, but I, this, the report about it is on IGN.com and they're reporting it from this other website. And that's where I found it because I read IGN all the time. Um, and yeah, they said an alleging, an alleged casting breakdown, uh, claims that, you know, this is the description for episode seven and all that kind of stuff. And, um, so yeah, I'm like the fact that this comes from a casting description, you would think it would be a little bit more official. You know, if this was someone who just sort of heard it, uh, you know, by word of mouth and then wrote their own thing about it and, you know, said Jedi's in the world. I would be like, okay, well, maybe that person just doesn't know a lot about Star Wars. But if they're putting that in an, in an official casting sheet, I'm like, eh, that sounds suspicious. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, like you said, if this were official, it's like, it's not really that big of a surprise because we already know that this is what happens in the EU. So it's like, you know, obviously not confirmed at this point. If it does become confirmed, it's like, okay, well... It, that was sort of the obvious route to go with the story and so you know not any big surprises there um but you know so this might have been more surprising if they had sort of introduced some sort of interesting new story element that we had never heard of before hmm. but in this case i'm like you know it, it, it's I, I doubt that this is official but that doesn't mean that they're not going to use those characters so i'm like you know it could be legit but i'm not going to you know, I'm not going to outright deny it, but I'm not going to put too much stock in it either. I'm just going to wait until we hear something official about it. Yeah, I'm not ruling out the possibility of Jason and Jaina or even Anakin being in Episode 7 of the new trilogy. But the stories that they're going to are going to be totally different, I think, from the, the EU novels. I think they're going to stay away from those main story points that are going on there. Plus, it'd be the same thing that we've seen before. Anakin going to the dark side, and now we're going to have to go through that again with... Uh, Luke's nephew was uh, Jason, so it was like, I don't think they're going to retread that theme again of another a descendant of the Skywalker family going down the dark side. I think that'd be pretty lazy if they just do that, and that's yeah. something we have to go through, see through again. Well, it could be interesting if they do it right, if they make it different enough, and it's not just, uh, you know, because obviously Anakin was sort of a special case. He was, like, the chosen one, but he joined the Jedi at, you know, an older age than most, and was you know, had emotional attachment issues and anger issues and was in love with Padme and was still attached to his mom and went all crazy rage mode when she died and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there, there are definitely different circumstances under which people could turn to the dark side. So it's not like it would be the exact same story, but if they don't do it right, it could feel similar. Um, but again, you know, it's just a bunch of speculation at this point. And, uh, but one thing that was interesting is there was another interview recently where um, somebody asked J.J. Abrams if he was going to, you know, they were asking him questions about Star Wars, and they asked if he was going to incorporate elements from the EU or sort of how much that was, um, you know, weighing on their decisions as far as story and stuff. And he just sort of gave this, you know, weird smile and said no comment. Um, and so yeah. that that was like sort of, well, you can speculate all day about what that means. It's like, even if they're not using any of the material from the EU, he might just not want to say anything about it right now. But, um, I don't know, it almost seemed more playful. Like, yeah, there might be some stuff in there that I can't tell you about. So, I mean, I, I just think because there's so many stories in the EU and because it's been going on for so many years, I think it would it would almost be... I mean, I know this is like the official version and it's George Lucas's thing and... Um, you know, I'm going to be behind them, whatever they decide to do with the movies. But it, I know, I definitely know some people would like take it as an insult if they completely rewrote the EU or completely ignored it. So I think there are at least going to be some nods to it or they'll maybe incorporate certain elements. But I also don't think that the story of the movie is going to be just like taken right out of the pages of a book from the EU. So you yeah, know, it's definitely going to be them sort of putting their own spin on stuff. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I don't think when they hired Michael Arndt, they first gave him all the EU books to read before he started writing the script. Yeah. Just to make sure you read these and incorporate this stuff, yeah. Yeah, well, the other thing is, I mean, even though they've been working on this for, you know, several months now, it's like any time in an interview, they ask him about it, like, where are you guys on it and stuff like that. They They keep saying that, you know, the script isn't done yet and we're still trying to decide what's the best way to approach it and how to do the story and stuff. And I think if they were just going to adapt an EU novel, it wouldn't be taking this long to write it. 
Um, yeah, true. you know, they're, they're, in fact, that might be one of the reasons why it's taking so long is they're trying to decide, you know, how much do we stick to the EU? How much do we go off on our own? You know, what elements do we incorporate from it? So, um, that, that's just my guess is that the, the EU will not go completely ignored, but it will also not be completely adhered to. That's just my guess. Yeah, you're probably right, but I still think it's going to be very small what they take from it. This may be character and is kind of what I'm thinking they'll do but yeah we'll see but um speaking of as far as like i think it was during that same interview that with jj abrams that you mentioned as far as him saying no comment but he did reveal too that uh he's planning to i guess move his family up to the uk where they're going to start filming at the end of this year in 2013 so kind of led to to pretty much the logical thing to think that production is going to start early 2014 no, he didn't say, yeah, let's, we're going to start January 2014, but it just kind of makes sense that if he's moving up there in December, then the yeah, production is probably going to get going pretty soon in early 2014. Yeah, and I think we've heard that from another source before already. I can't remember who, but maybe it was Kathleen Kennedy or somebody else. I'm pretty sure we've already heard someone say that the movie is going to start filming in 2014, or maybe, you know, maybe it was the head of Disney or something like that. But yeah, I mean, that's not a big surprise. It, yeah, it plus would, you, you'd think they'd have to, too. They're going to make that 2015 release date. Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, see, it's funny because for me, to the beginning of 2014 almost seems like a kind of late start date. I would think that they'd maybe be you know wanting to film by the end of this year or something. But, um, you know, it, it seems like nowadays they seem to crank these movies out faster and, uh, you know, get the all these huge scale, big budget visual effects, somehow get them done faster and faster. Um, yeah, most movies now are just a year for principal photography, and it's in theaters the next year. I know Lucas yeah. didn't work that way. He usually did, like, two years in advance. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah well, it's and, not going to be too much of a shocker if they start 2014 and it comes out in 2015. Yeah, well, and, and it's not the photography that takes a year either. I mean, they, they get all the filming done in, like, two or three months, but then, you know, it takes months and months afterwards to edit it and do all the sound effects and the visual effects and the CGI and all that kind of stuff, and that's the stuff that just because of technological advancements, it seems like they can get it done faster and faster now. Yeah, Lucas always liked to do the two years gap, I think, because he always planned to do reshoots too. Once he's editing, he's like, eh, something needs to be added here. And what wasn't happening with this cut. He'd call all the actors back and yeah. do a few more reshoots. So. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of directors do that. I mean, a lot of movies have you know reshoots and pickup shots and stuff like that, but... Yeah, just that. I think Lucas always just wanted to give himself enough time to do that. That's why he always filmed yeah. it like two years in advance instead of a year before it comes out. Yeah, well, we'll see. And it definitely seems like Disney likes to work fast with this kind of stuff. I mean, if yeah. you look at the Marvel movies and the Avengers, I mean, obviously it's not the same people making every single Marvel movie, but they come out, you know, one or two a year. So, um, you know, I think they're definitely good at sort of streamlining stuff and being efficient and cranking out their products you know, pretty quickly so that they can sort of keep the, keep the awareness and the anticipation up. And, uh, you know, obviously they want to make money off of it. So just sort of, you know, keep things moving quickly. Yep. And another cool bit of official news for episode seven that came out, which originally, uh, you and me talked about how we missed that, uh, Doug Chain and Ian McKegg first it was announced on the official site that that'll be attending celebration. I mean, which is cool, but nothing like, uh, breaking news or anything that gets you excited for episode seven. But in that press release, it did uh, confirm that both Doug Chang and Ian McKaig will be working on episode seven as part of the, I guess, production team and concept artists for it, which I think is really cool because they both did some great designs for the prequels, especially Ian McKaig. I know he's famous for uh, doing Darth Maul and have like those early concept designs of that were later based on uh, the Night Sisters and Mother Talzin. So mm -hmm. definitely happy that they're back on board. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's always cool to see uh, sort of the same crew coming back. I mean, you know, same with Star Wars Rebels, where Dave Filoni's got a lot of his crew yeah. coming back from Clone Wars. It's like, you know that some of the people who helped make it successful before having them on board is, just, you know, it's only going to help make uh, make Episode Seven good and make it sort of feel like it's part yeah. of the same Star Wars universe. Yeah, so it won't have like a too drastic feel like, oh, this doesn't look like Star Wars or anything like that. So Yeah, yeah, and what we were saying earlier about um, how, you know, the press release just said that they were attending Celebration Europe, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I don't really care about that all that much. I'm not going to Celebration Europe, and, um, you know, it's nice that these guys are going and the fans will be able to meet them and stuff, but it's not like 
it's, you know, Dave Filoni or Kathleen Kennedy or Mark Hamill or, you know, some big, huge name or somebody that might <laughs> reveal some information that we're wanting to know about, you know, the new movies or anything like that. But, um, you know, then reading that press release and I was like, oh, well, I didn't know they were in episode seven. You know, I mean, and that's not like huge news either. It's not not getting me as excited as maybe an official casting announcement or something like that would. But um, just the fact that I'm like, oh, well, why didn't you say so that this was related (laughs) to episode seven and not just, you know, about celebration? Because I definitely care more about movie news than celebration news. Yeah, I thought that would have been the headline on the main page that they had the story for Ian McHaig and Doug Chang back for episode seven. Plus, we'll be attending Celebration Euro, but not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, but although cool news, it, nonetheless. It, it just kind of seemed like from reading the, the press release and it's on StarWars.com if you guys are interested and want to check it out. But, um, you know, it, it made it seem like it was more of a recent development that they were sort of confirmed for Celebration Europe. And that's why they were writing about it now. And that um, it, it kind of made it seem like they had been working on episode seven for at least a little while now. It said that like earlier this year, Kathleen Kennedy uh, sort of contacted them to come work on it and become part of the team. And so it was like, oh, yeah. And uh, and this also happened, too. We didn't tell you guys about it yet. But, uh, yeah, just so you know, that happened. Um, They're all like. <laughs> Did we announce these two yet? <laughs> yeah. Episode seven? Exactly. Uh, oh, we did. Okay, let's let's tell everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like I said, it, you know, it's not huge news. Um, I'm sure people who aren't as you know hardcore Star Wars fans as we are, um, you know, probably aren't even going to care who's doing the concept art. They're just like, when are you going to tell us if Han Solo is coming back or not? Um, but you know, for like I said, for Star Wars fans, it's just cool to know that uh, the franchise is in some of the same hands that helped it helped make it good before. Yeah, definitely. Just good to know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so I think that pretty much wraps up all the other sort of minutia that we wanted to cover. Although, um, well, the the Clone Wars stuff with Kevin Kiner, that was kind of big. That also got me excited this week. Um, oh, and, you know, I don't even know if we mentioned, but he uh, they asked him about a possible release of a Clone Wars soundtrack. And he said that, you know, there's nothing official yet, but that they're talking about it, that they know that it's something the fans want. And he said that it's something that he personally would really like to see happen. Um, but there's just sort of, you know, licensing and negotiations and stuff going on. So he said, I don't know if it's officially going to happen, but, you know, just sort of we'll just have to wait and see. But he's hoping it happens. And I know I'm definitely hoping that that, that happens. I would love to have a collection of Clone Wars music. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, especially the the last uh, arc with Ahsoka. There was some great stuff on there, especially the last sequence. The music oh, that yeah. played there to end it, that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, especially because that whole thing was all like live orchestra, yeah. and not just, you know, digital or however they usually do uh, every episode. Yeah, it was funny. Definitely check out that podcast because he has some interesting stories of some meetings he had with George Lucas where Lucas kind of had him maybe to want to put a hip hop song. <laughs> in the Clone Wars. He's like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll have to go check that out because I just I just uh, read the sort of the summary of it afterwards. I didn't listen to the whole episode. Yeah, it's definitely worth it just to kind of hear the inside stories of how the process worked of doing the music for the series. Yeah, well, uh, I'll have to check that out for any of you guys that are into Clone Wars and music and stuff. You should go check that out, too. And uh, I think we're just about done for this week, right, Tim? We pretty much covered everything. Yeah, everything's covered yep. until uh, and, once uh, this episode goes up and then some big news will happen. <laughs> like oh, always, yeah. But... Well, we're posting this right before the weekend, so hopefully they'll, you know, wait till uh, another week or so before stuff drops. But, yeah, um, just give us a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But hope you guys have enjoyed listening to us rant about Battlefront and all that kind of stuff that we want to see happen. Um, man, yeah, we spent a lot of this episode talking about Battlefront. And I do not regret it because I am really looking forward to that game. No way. It's been way too long. Yeah, my my excitement level might have gone back up just a little bit just from listening to this episode or talking about this episode, you know, (laughs) discussing it, thinking about it, getting all excited for it. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) I think, you know, at the end of the podcast, when we give out all our, you know, Twitter and email and all that kind of stuff. Once Battlefront 3 comes out, we should give our, you know, Xbox or PlayStation online accounts too. Yeah, definitely. So then we can go shoot our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in TIE Fighters, in virtual space, of course, you know. 
or the listeners can shoot us to make a shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if you hate listening to me rant about Battlefront, you can get on Battlefront and shoot me. That's how you can do something about it. But uh, yeah, so that is it for this episode. But we will obviously be keeping our eyes and ears out for uh, any new information that comes out soon. Um, again, with Celebration Europe and San Diego Comic-Con and all that kind of stuff coming up in the next month or so, we should hopefully have some new information about Episode 7 and Rebels and Clone Wars and all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, until then, like I said, you can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC, and uh, we'll post any announcements and news and stuff there that we find immediately before we get to uh, sort of recap it all in our episode. Um, you can also like us on Facebook, uh, Star Wars The Saga Continues, you can send us email, kyle at clonewarspodcast.com, tim at clonewarspodcast.com, and let us know what you think about the show, or uh, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes as well if you listen to us on there. So thank you guys for listening, and uh, until next time, we will see you later, and may the Force be with you. See you later, everyone. Uh-huh.